everybody to our Patreon actual play. This is session number five, and this is going to be very interesting. So normally we would begin a Patreon actual play by doing a minor recap of what happened last episode. But for anybody out there listening that has heard Patreon actual play session number four, for reasons, we are picking up exactly where that one left off. And for fun today, we have three players that were here last session and as i have explained to them in the pregame without the recap either their character their characters remember what their player remembers for lack of a better term so if your player if you remember what happened last session then your character remembers what happened last session and if you don't remember that is totally fine because given where you have found yourself all of that is perfectly legit we also now have two characters who were not in last session. And so I am going to begin with you two. And so, Kess, as the more experienced player, I'm going to ask you for odds or evens, please. Odds. Odds. Odds it is. So would you like to go first or go second? First. Excellent. I need you to give me a D8 roll, please. Six. A six. So... I'm going to ask you to explain this scene in a little bit more detail, but at dinner last night, as rounds and victuals were going around, you drank a particularly interesting wine, and over the course of dinner, had maybe more wine than you had intended to have at the beginning of dinner. There was a certain lilt in the air, and as you drank, you started seeing things out of the corner of your eye. And more specifically, as you sobered up and as you found your your grip on the world, you found yourself in a dark, arboreal forest. You are now a different place than where you were. So I'd like you to describe the meal, describe the wine, describe the environment and your, how are you feeling now that you have woken up to find yourself kind of deep in this forest? It wasn't actually wine. It was intoxicating tea with a sort of a smoky mushroom flavor. And it was warm and inviting. The meal, I was largely eating really pungent cheese um, and dark bread and vegetables. This is my habit. Uh, and the combination of these things lifted me into a sort of a fungal plane, right? Hmm. So the arboreal forest featured many sort of fungal growths of various kinds. It was kind of dank and drippy rather than dry in this forest. And, um, uh, I saw all sorts of strange flashes of color, kind of like sheet lightning, although mm. some of them had smoky shapes, smoky shapes that appeared, and faces, faces appeared in the smoke. Mm, absolutely fabulous. I will get back to you in just a moment. But now, please, I turn to our new player, Zir. Zir, I need a D8 for roll from you also, please. Three. Three. Fabulous. I want you to describe where you were when this happened. An animal sprinted across your path. It caught your eye for some reason, and your, as your eyes followed it, uh, it kind of disappeared around a corner. And then when you kind of regained your focus back to where you were, 
you found that you were no longer where you were now in this sort of dark arboreal forest standing next to a five foot tall Kess, would you describe your character? Kess is, as you said, about five foot tall, a shock of white hair, obsidian skin, and a sort of forbidding manner, a bit standoffish at first, until she decides whether she can trust you. So she's eyeing you in a kind of a non-committal way. Not actually saying hello. Waiting to see how you react. So, Zir, I would like you to first describe describe the scene when you first saw the animal, what you were doing, all that sort of thing, and then describe what your character was. I'm walking down a path heading from point A town to point B town and is not really thinking too much about what's around me, just thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow night if I'm going to get any work, what's going on. And when she does appear in the forest, about a five foot six tall human, pale skin, strawberry blonde, muddy sort of hair, you know, a little bit brownish, a little bit strawberryish, a little bit blondish, relatively normal looking human with a whole host of stuff she's wearing. Nice long cloak, um, warm comfortable everything looks worn traveled in that sort of thing carrying a loot visibly and that's about it fabulous so as the both of you find yourself in this forest the familiar gruff sound of a of Casa dragonborn that you have traveled with on numerous occasions you can hear Kilvarex's voice about 50 feet away. So first of all, the environment is almost a full moonlit night and it is supernaturally bright as if it is clearly nighttime and yet it is it's as it's bright as if it's the middle of the day. And so kind of off in the distance there on kind of an elevated dirt road, you can see Kilvarex. You can see some other figures around there and a fairly small coach, more of a coach built for speed as opposed to built for transport. Do you go to join your compatriots? I suddenly, and perhaps a little confusingly to Zir, because I'd looked a bit unfriendly, I flash this brilliant smile when I hear Kilvarex's voice and look toward the coach and kind of beckon with my head uh, in case Zir might like to come along and set off immediately at a trot toward the coach. So we turn now to Alari, Candy, and Kill Rx for a moment. You also have found yourselves in this dark arboreal forest. If you remember the portal that you took to get here or not is uh, totally up to your characters, as I've said. In front of you are also two exceptionally fine-looking elven creatures. And when you'd seen one of them last session, that they were waiting basically at that portal when you walked through. But they were wearing, uh, for lack of a better term, uh, commoner-type clothing. Like a tunic, breeches, 
boots tied to the knee, that sort of thing. Here, both of them are wearing splendidly silver armor, gleaming armor with accents of black throughout the uh, the under armor. So like in the padding of their gambesons and things like that have this brilliant, this fabulous black, but the armor itself is, is practically gleaming silver. They are, again, almost magically attractive. And there are two of them on this road. And then also, again, a small black coach or wagon with another one of these elven beings at the helm or on the at the steering of the coach itself you find that although you were with two other companions when you went through this portal neither doyle nor simeon are with you now. And off about uh, Kilvarix, you notice them first, off about 50 feet to your right, down a clearing. It's a little hard to make out, but looks like looks like Kess. I mean, you've traveled with Kess numerous times. And another person that you do not recognize. I look at uh, Candy and say, you're more familiar with this planar crap. What's going on? Where's Simeon and why is Kess here? And who is that with Kess? Uh, interesting questions. All the way around, I barely remember stepping through a mirror of sorts. I call the whimsy of the Fae. I'll, uh, then, you said they're about 150 feet or 120 feet away? Not even, I mean, they're, they're less than 50 yards at this point. Kess and Zir, would you, uh, so Kess, would you have started moving towards Kilvarix when you heard his voice? I did. I'm trotting toward him as soon as I heard his voice. And, and Zir, I'm assuming that you would have moved in that direction also when Kessler? Oh, yes. I'll Fabulous. touch the little piece of copper wire through my lip and whisper to Kess. Is that you, Kess? Have you rejoined us from your respite? You I, can reply. I say just in a normal speaking voice as I'm trotting. Yes. Good to see you. Who are you with? No idea. Haven't talked to her yet. Have you seen Simeon and an elderly robed figure? I was about to ask you that. Where's Simeon? The gods only know. Where are we? So after a few minutes of trotting through uh, through the underbrush here, Kess and Zir, you join Alari, Candy, and Kilvarex up on, again, the well-worn dirt road that the carriage sits upon. There is a Is this light- the Candlekeep carriage or a different one? It is a different carriage. It's still a carriage, but it's so it is significantly smaller than the carriage that you rode towards Candlekeep. I and mean, as well, the one from Candlekeep was uh, like a warm wood with lush velvet seating inside. It was it was fairly luxurious for carriages. You probably most of you weren't accustomed to such luxury in, in carriage. This this vehicle is definitely built for speed, and it is the wood itself is is a like a black stained wood with uh, with carvings and a kind of filigree in the wood that is silver. It very much kind of pairs by opposite with the armor of the uh, the two other figures that are up on the road. And so, Kess, are you still, um, when you were messaging back and forth with Candy there, you were saying your responses out loud? Uh, I'm speaking in a normal speaking voice, yes. Okay, excellent. So Zira can probably hear them. 
Yep. And as as also did the uh, the two other figures that are up on the road. And so one of them begins speaking and says, I am sure that for some of you, this is this is slightly disorienting. Let me try to uh, explain as much as possible. You have been summoned to the realm of Zilvarin. You are in his domain. I was asking whether I can hear this because if the elf is speaking in a speaking voice, am I close enough? Let's yeah, hear that- I can hear. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, the, basically, I was saying that, like, that last bit, you were running towards them. That last bit was said, I, well, I don't, where are we? And basically, he, the figure that's speaking, chooses to answer the question to help us spell out. And he says that you are in the realm, uh, you are in the realm of Zilvarin. I am safe. And this is my partner, Tyriana. We are both members of the Royal Guard of the House of Zilvarin. And we extend to you a pact of courtesy that is common among our folk. We have been asked to escort you to an audience with Lord Zilvarin. So you said that they are like exceptionally beautiful elves. Correct. Would the assumption be that they are more fae-like than humanoid, like Eladrin? Give me a history roll. And Kilfaris is trying to figure out from all his studies if he knows who Zilvarin is. Give me an... Arcana. 17. 17. They're allowed. Nah, 24. 24 As a, a natural 20 or a modified 20? Natural 20. Total 24. Natural. Cool. Excellent. The name, is, you remember reading it in a dusty tome once in a, a planar depiction of, of Archfey. So Zilvarin, at the point in time that the book was read, was not an archfey, but was in service to a different archfey. And so, kind of piecing two and two together, the two knights in front of you have have said that they are in service to the house of Zilvarin and that you are in his domain, which would serve as, uh, if it's the same Zilvarin that you read about, it seems that he has received a promotion since the book has been written. So Kilvaris will look at everyone else and say, the Silvarin's a big wig around here. We better step lightly. Alari has just been standing with her arms crossed and a hot, you know, a hip cocked, like this whole time, <laughs> taking the whole scene in with kind of a grumpy look on her face. Like, what the hell did I just walk into? Literally on my own. What the hell? Kess is taking a hard look at these elves to try to determine their level of hostility toward her, specifically. Sure. Give me... Let's see. Insight, maybe? Yeah, give me an insight check. That would be 21. 21. They show you no hostility whatsoever. In fact, when you fully believe when they say that they that they have extended you a pact of courtesy and that they are that they have been put on mission to accompany you to where you're going. Tess visibly relaxes. Alari is actually going to take a really good look at both of the two, and it was a D twenty roll before. I mean, for what? To really look at their, to study their faces. It was, yes. Okay, I will record what I get for both of them. Thank you. Since you, uh, so since you are taking the moment to do that, you will notice that they are nearly identical, except that that the one that is speaking, Savel, is male, 
and Tyriana is female. But that wasn't something that you had noticed until you really heavily scrutinized both of them. But like, their weapons are identical. They both carry long, ornate, silvered pike weapons with, they have like buckler type shields on their left forearms. The There is a stylized Z insignia on the buckler and it has the z itself is surrounded by six like silvered drop type icons so but and that's on kind of the embossing of the uh, of the buckler that's on their left arms kilvarix is going to look at the other shrug his shoulders and start stowing his uh, shield and spear and stuff that won't fit in the cabin in the on the car- carriage somewhere and yep. then start crawling in so the carriage is actually not large enough to hold you so as you go ahead start to put your things on on the cart, Seifel will kind of stop you and say, my friend, as much as we would love to accommodate you all on the carriage, the carriage is here to let his lordship know that we are on our way. Unfortunately, our travel begins on foot. And I strongly recommend keeping your armament with you. The road through Altan is sometimes difficult. There are a great many beasts that live in the woods, and we should take care to be aware of them. Kind of under his breath. Of course, why wouldn't there be? Go figure. Grabs his shield, and instead of putting it on his back, he'll actually put it on his arm and use his spear as a walking staff. Fabulous. You've changed to a different plane, so I'm going to say no at this point. Fair enough. Yep. So I will... You've gone to a different plane, yeah. I will kind of stretch a little bit, kind of grab my greatsword and open up my pouch and extend it to Kess. Care for a hardened confection. Kess looks into the pouch to see if there is a black one. It's ribbon candy. Kess gives a small shake of the head, but grins at you. Turn and point at the human who accompanied Kess. Where did you pick this one up? I don't know. I opened my eyes and there she was. I don't even know her name yet. Concerning? Do you have identity? Yes. Now would be a proper time to divulge that. This one is called Candy. I am Zir. What talents do you have, Zir, that you would be summoned by the lord of this realm? I can play a pretty tune. I can... on several instruments. I can tell a good story. I have been known to have some comfort with the knife and performance... So perhaps he is summoning me for my artistic talents? I am not sure. What does it matter? She's here. Let's go. Well spoken, Kilvarix. <laughs> Blunt and to the point. And Savel nods in agreement. Yes. The road is not long, but as I said, the road could be treacherous. So uh, he turns to the carriage. Does anybody in the party speak Sylvan? There are two varieties. There are several varieties of Elvish, correct? Correct. Yeah. So S- S- Sylvan is a, is a variety of Elvish. So if you speak Elvish, you maybe can pick out a couple of words. But if you don't speak Sylvan, it's, the meaning is going to be a little bit lost. Okay. I most definitely speak Elvish. Okay. Right. Sure. Yeah. And so basically the gist is time to go. We're on our way. 
let the Lord know, that sort of thing. But it's much more, there's many more words that you don't pick up and it seems much flowerier and songy than that. But he's communicating with the driver of the coach and with that, the coach, in again, kind of a preternaturally fast manner. The driver snaps the reins, the horse takes off with tremendous speed. You would expect to have been able to see it further down the road than you did, but after not very long, the coach is is gone. So what was the point of a coach? They could have done that with a horse. Kess is visibly preparing herself with some glee for what might we might meet on the way, arranging some darts in the the strap, the front strap of her pack for easy access, making sure that the longbow and longsword and three section staff that she's kind of festooned with are all available for easy draw. Fabulous. Kilvarks is gonna look at Alora, Candy, and uh, the newcomer and say, Guess has got the right idea. I suggest you get ready for something too. This always happens to us. <laughs> I pat my great sword and say, one step ahead of you, Kilvarks obviously looking to make sure where her daggers are. So the two Eladrin kind of in the group here, one will take the front of the party, the other will take the rear of the party. How would the rest of you align yourselves within your orchard? Candy will be up near the front. Okay, I'll put Candy up near the front. I'm near the back and also off to one side. Do you have a preference on side? Left. Left. There. Okay. I'm stealthing Kil- along. Kilvarix, knowing Kess's propensity for getting into trouble, is going to hang towards the back and try to stay in the middle, keeping an eye on her so that in case she gets snatched up again. Yep, fair enough. Yep, so she will be kind of about 10 feet off to your left and see Kess in your periphery. Okay. Alarai and Zir. Alarai is happy where she's at, I think. Okay. She's kind of smack dab in the middle right now. Kai- yeah. Yeah. The middle sounds good. What does the canopy look like here? What's the reach and cover of the trees? Yeah, the trees are quite thick. There's a well-developed underbrush. And again, you can see, you can see as if it's daytime, but it is also the, the sky is just black as night with kind of innumerable pinpricks of stars within the the scar canopy but the the trees are thick they are a dark green you are in a like a german black forest type mode where it's heavy dark coniferous trees well-developed underbrush that sort of thing Okay, I would like, please, let's see, what order am I going to go in here? I am going to start, you know what, we'll start with that with our folks from last game. Alari, any roll, please. Natural 20. Okay. Hold on one second, please. I now need you to give me D D100 roll. Hang on, let me get in the pouch and get those out. Yeah. Because I didn't pull them because I don't normally need them. Yeah, that is an impressive pouch. <laughs> and it, that's where it's at when it's closed. I'm not even full yet. I got a... I got a 64. 64. Cool. Okay. As you are walking along the road and trying to kind of uh, keep everything in, you come across kind of an abandoned 
campfire. There is like the sign of a bedroll and, uh, and an extinguished sort of fire pit and that sort of thing. And leaning up against a rock in the fire pit is a bottle with a ship in it. Tell me what you think the story of the ship is and why it's in a bottle. She'll first reach in. Is the fire pit warm at all or is it completely cold? It's cold. Okay. It has been so sometimes since, yeah, there's been sometimes since someone's been here. So she'll pull that bottle out and take a look at it and look at the ship. And it looks like her imaginings of a classic pirate ship with the tattered sails and storm-tossed ship in the bottle somehow. And as she looks closely, the, the, way, the, the, the waves are moving a little tiny bit and the sails are actually kind of undulating with the, the imaginary wind. So she shows that, she holds it up and shows it and goes, I don't know why this was in a fire like somebody was trying to get rid of it. I don't, I wonder if it's just a pretty shelf piece or if this is actually like real magic like this can do something but she thinks that maybe there was a drunken brawl or something and it wasn't supposed to be in the fire and was left behind and forgotten is it worth 10 minutes of your time to discern the difference i mean maybe not right now but i mean it looks more to me like a shelf piece i mean what i don't know maybe when we camp or we stop and we're or wherever it is where we're going i'll look and closer she puts, at it okay. and see what type of ship it seems to be. Give me, let's see, what sort of what sort of skill would apply? Give me... For, if it's a, a terrestrial ship, Candy might not be super familiar with it. It is definitely terrestrial, so give me uh, give me an insight check at disadvantage. Oh, that is a... Oh, oh, it's a seven, not a one. Okay, so that's an eight. Okay, okay. Yeah, it, it's a model of a boat. It, you're not really able to discern much beyond that. So, Alari will take her new find which she's intrigued about i mean she spent her time in a small town so she doesn't have a whole heck of a lot of adventure knowledge but this grabs her for some reason so she's gonna wipe off as much as possible and put it in her pouch fabulous okay Kess looks at you sidelong and says maybe they didn't leave it here on purpose I don't think they did. I mean, if it was in the fire, that means it was either accidentally or on purpose discarded and it doesn't look broken. So I think it was an accident and they didn't, they forgot about it or felt they couldn't grab it. Maybe they left um, in a hurry. On the rear of the, of the aft castle on the ship, the word with the two words put together to one word, true love appears on the rear of the ship as you're looking at it in the bottle. Like, appears, or was there and just was noticed? There. Was there, just noticed, yep. So. Okay, Candy, as you're walking down the road off to the, uh, some like 15 feet off the road, off to the right, there is uh, a doorway. It is, well, there is no structure. It's just a doorway. Describe what the doorway looks like. Just a, a plain oak door, or with kind of shimmering orange edging where it looks like it would normally mount if there were a frame around it. Fabulous. As you're staring at it, it opens and a creature emerges from the doorway. Saval acts absolutely normally. Saval glances over, nods his head, rolls his eyes and continues walking. Describe to me what the creature is and how does it respond to seeing a party on the road? 
So, I keep picturing Mr. Tumnus stepping out of a doorway and looking at everybody. <laughs> so, uh, I guess we'll go with a, a satyr-like creature, kind of looks around and sees this group, notices Saval nod at it, and it kind of nods back, and then just kind of shrugs at the rest of us and walks away. The door closes behind it with kind of a loud, echoey thump, and the satyr walks off into the woods. Kilvarex. At a fork in the road, Saval continues off to the right-hand side, but off to the left is a stone bridge with some strange frog-looking creature wearing a very conquistador-style helmet at the front of it, demanding a toll. Do you pay them? And with what from your person do you pay them? You are also not crossing the bridge, to make that point clear, that you guys are walking off to the right, but this is off to the left. Kilvarix will look at them with a strange glance. There's no way I'm paying you. I'm not going that way. Be gone. What does that matter? It's our road. We demand a toll. Come get it. You know what? I will let you go this time because you are clearly on the Lord's business with the Lord's guard. And such, I will let you pass without a toll this time. But I will remember this. What's your name? And clearly, Kilvarix Tiamantalus will let you live with your life to now. Try to extort me again and feel the tip of my spear. Kilvarex Mentalist, I am Tazlis. And he will take off his helmet, bow dutifully, and put it back on. And do not forget, when you pass our roads, you pay our tolls, next time. Sure, whatever. Zir, a d20 roll, please. One. A one. A natural one. So, what would so be the modifier? Person, I said, of course the new person is going to start rolling the ones. <laughs> Fabulous. Oh, fabulous. So as you are walking down the road, again, kind of in the underbrush off to the left-hand side, you see a sword in a sheath. And the sheath is again a black stained leather. And there is a a heart embossed on the sheath that is red, not silver. And the sword definitely is appealing. Okay. Um, Going to take one of my daggers and gently poke it with the dagger, not touching it with my skin. Yep, as you as you you poke it, it lifts out of its sheath just a little bit. As you kind of you just like poke at it, and just kind of like slides very very delicately and very smoothly out of its sheath for a few inches. And the blade on the sword is is just as black as the sheath that it's in. As as the rest of the party sort of continues down the road, Triana will stand next to you, give it a sideways glance. Okay. So, because I am just that kind of cautious, I'm going to cast Detect Magic. Fabulous. Okay. It is indeed a magical sword. Okay. All right. What the heck? I'm going to pick it up. Okay. Fabulous. The 
sword. So as you kind of grab it by by the handle, you definitely feel the radiant energy of uh, the sword begin to kind of leech into your hand. Uh, you can feel kind of that familiar tingle of a magical weapon, and it is it is asking for attunement. So it would take some time at this point to attune to it, but you could certainly do that while continuing down the road. Sure, why not? Fabulous. Cool. When battle ensues, I will let you know what it does. Excellent. Sure, you will. Excellent. Nothing could go wrong with a black sword found in the middle of a fey forest. What could what could possibly nothing, go wrong? Nothing at all. Kess. A fog bank, as you're walking down the road, blows over the road. If you're traveling left to right, the fog bank sort of blows up and down, right? But just for a moment, it's 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 almost like you're walking through a cloud all of a sudden. And as the fog bank dissipates, traces of it remain on the faces of your compatriots. Like a Triana all of a sudden has a a large, garish, curlicue mustache made of fog for a few seconds, and a Seyfal is all of a sudden his it's like a, a fog mohawk has appeared on uh, the top of his head describe how the fog temporarily affects the faces of everybody else in the party i shake my head and look disoriented because i see around me the same faces that i saw in my midnight hallucinations of fog faces in the smoke so kilvarax whose face i'm familiar with uncomfortable with suddenly has a craggy man of the mountain type lizard face with deep shadows that makes him look like this sort of a frightening face I saw in the night. Alarai's face is shifting, luminescent. The moonlight is shining as her face shifts like water. And Candy has a maniacal grin I've never seen on his face. So I'm quite disconcerted. Yeah, I'm sure. Excellent. If joining the Tabletop Journeys actual play games sounds like the kind of fun you're looking for, be sure to check out patreon.com slash ttjourneys, where patrons of the Tabletop Journeys podcast not only get early access to all of our episodes, but they get the opportunity to play in our monthly actual play games, where the dice are wild and we make every roll legendary. As the fog sort of dissipates and everything, Seyfel will hold up his left hand and stop walking. And Triana, at the rear of the party, readies her pike as Seyfel starts heavily kind of scrutinizing the the underbrush off to the right-hand side. How do you all respond? Kess is to the left, but immediately draws her longsword and positions herself behind Seyfal as backup. Fabulous. Anybody else take any additional action beyond how you are in the party? 
Alara will pull so, her short sword. Mm-hmm. Kilvarex will up his shield and pass the spear to his shield hand, and then open his mouth and breathe a little bit of ball of fire into his right hand and keep it curling there, ready to throw. Fabulous. Candy will Excellent. kind of assume a, a guard position, and green flames begin to lick around the blade of his gre- of his uh, great sword. Excellent. And Zir is just going to look at all these crazy people she's somehow gotten stuck with and get ready. Yep. Cool. I need, please, hold on one second. I need, please, a perception check from everybody, unless your passive perception perception is over 12. If your passive perception is over 12, then you're fine. Kilvaris Kil- um, is a 16, is passive. Yep, that's fine. I fail. Cast okay. is 15. 15? Yep. Alari is a zero. What was what what did Alari roll? A shit. Ne- a negative. Uh, <laughs> I'm one. You rolled my, a one? My die says shit. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. I, I need a d6 roll from you, please, Alari. My passive is an 11, but I rolled a five. Yeah, okay, cool. Yep. I rolled a six. You rolled a six? Uh, so I also rolled a six. Which means, Alari, you get to be the lucky victim today. Yay. Tell me again what it is that you're carrying. That I picked up from the beginning of the story. No, just like what are, when Seifel kind of stuck his hand up and begged the party to stop, what did you do? With, what Did you ready any items or anything? Or? I pulled out the, the short sword that I've had, not the other one that I picked up in our last, or cool. two games ago, actually. Perfect. The short sword begins glowing with a faint red and it is very clearly heating up in your hand and that as as you're watching it it all of a sudden turns just red hot and you take 14 points of damage ouch as and drop the short sword and yeah does she react from a particular direction or does it appear like there was any sound of a spell being cast? Give me, give me. You, you did not have your perception check, so no. You, I just you heard her not, yell, "Ow!" and drop her sword. Exactly right. Kilvarex, from where you are standing, you can see about thirty feet away in the underbrush. This hunched over corrupted creature it has twisted horns coming out of its head its skin is a gray green and kind of hangs off of its skull a little bit um, yeah that's enough the firebolt's flying yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I will give you this attack since you had it ready and then i'm going to need initiative from everybody so uh 15 total 15 uh, a 15 will miss. Uh, the fireball kind of goes off its right shoulder and disappears into the into the underbrush. And so I'm going to need initiative from everybody, please. I've got a 13. Okay, 13 for Candy. Cast has 19. 19 for Cast. 10 for Alari. 10 for Alari. 10 for Zir. 10 for Zir. 18 for Kilvarix. 18 for... Alari and Zir, which of you has the higher dexterity? I'm assuming Zir, but... I've got a 15. <laughs> I got a 19. Cool. All right, so Alari, you will go on initiative round 10 before Zir. Okay. 
Uh, oh boy, that's not good. Okay, so anybody who succeeded on their per- their perception check when we began sees this kind of decrepit creature off to the right, and Tyriana from the rear of the party. I sorry, no, Tyriana will not book off. She will maintain at the back there, but a Seifel from the front of the party dashes off to greet it face to face. So kind of tears through, moves through the trees with great ease and takes a takes a position about 10 feet away from the creature and tries to attack it but is not able to get proper sort of targeting on it. The creature will go next and as you're watching it, it clones itself so that it, there are now three of it. Kilvarix. Oh, sorry, Kess. Kess followed Seifel closely. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure how much movement you're going to allow me, but I want to get into melee range with the original creature. Am I close uh, enough? Sure. I will let you basically, I will let you get right in front there. Yep, okay, that's so fine. Kess is doing a Kess and is immediately going to close distance and attack. Yep. This creature's already attacked us. So yep. Kess was tailing Seifel closely. And after Seifel's failed attack, Kess leaps out and attacks the creature, first of all, to distract it with a crescent kick. Yep. So it goes for the original creature. This is my unarmed strike um, with one foot. Okay. So the creature has cast mirror image, meaning at this point, I need you to roll a d6 to see if you can properly, because if you know which one is the proper creature. Gotcha. Roll a one. Okay. Cool. You did. You have the proper creature. All right. Which makes sense. So first a crescent kick, and this is going to give me agile parry because it's my unarmed strike as opposed to my armed strike. Yep. And because it was in melee range with Seifel, you will do so at advantage. So I have advantage? You do. All right. So that would be a 19 to hit with the unarmed strike. That will hit. All right. And we'll see how much damage I do to its jaw. That would be a, a nine damage bludgeoning to its jaw. I like it. All right. Now, following up, now that my foot's on the ground and my AC class is now 20 until my next turn. And okay. so here comes... Do I still have advantage? On yes. On long sword attack? Okay. Yes. So this is both hands. And that would be a 19 to hit. Also a hit. All right, so this is a a sweeping horizontal cut, right? Mm -hmm. Across the creature. And so 19 to hit, and here is the damage, which is slashing, finding my d10. That would be nine damage again. Okay, all right. Excellent. So two quite solid strikes against the creature. And I'm staying right up in its face. Yep. And threatening it with... I now have my uh, longsword in a guard, ready to swing back at it. Fabulous. Grinning at it. Excellent. Okay. Sounds fabulous. Kilvarix. Kilvarix is going to grab his holy symbol, seeing that Cass is in danger, looking over at Candy, and then Alori, because he knows Alori better than the other one, he is going to start uh, mumbling under his breath, Io has made many fools and we are in many bad situations, but please bless us in this endeavor till we come out on top and cast bless on those three. Fabulous. Okay. 
All right. Next will be Candy. So Kess, who was at the back of the group and has more movement than Candy does, was just able to make it into melee range. So would Candy just fall just short if he were to move that direction? Or would he be able to get into melee range also? Let's see. You are within range. Okay, excellent. Then he will move forward towards this creature and with his great sword cast a green flame blade and heave two. Okay, so before you attack, so having called your attack, I need you to roll a d6 to see if you can hit the d6 or d20. D6, please. Five. Okay, cool. So now make your attack roll, please. You can add a d4 to it because you're blessed. With the d4, that is going to be a 21 to hit. Cool. When you swing at it, it disappears. Okay. Movement, action, and bonus. I am resolved. Okay. Cool. And next would be Alarai. All right. I'm going to create... So for Zir, everybody else should be used to this, but for Zir, I basically sweep my hand in a motion, and as it comes, as I finish the motion, a purple glowing blade appears in my hand. Cool. And I'm going to chuck it. I want to chuck it at the one in the middle. So first thing, what I need you to do is is roll a d4, first of all, because one of them is gone now. That is a three. Okay. And throw your dagger. Yeah. Maybe this die needs to go away. Don't forget you get to add a d4. Uh, I'm going to. I don't know if that's going to Actually, I'm not even going to bother because I rolled a two. Yeah. Okay. And I get a plus six, so that's an eight to hit. And I doubt that's going to hit. Correct. Yep. So even with the d4, that would not have helped. Cool. As a bonus action, I want to use Misty Step. Okay my misty step cloak and that gets me 30 feet okay where would you like to go let's see 30 feet uh from where you are um are, are you watch are you watching the map uh, basically you'll be able to get certainly within 10 feet of them if that's where you want to go i would like yes i would like to get within 10 feet and okay cool all right so you're within 10 feet of them fabulous okay now zero sorry thank you it's okay uh, of course I'm going to just move towards the combat, towards this spot down behind fighters. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Excellent. So you're all kind of like in this like nice little, uh, nice little grouping Mm -hmm. there. I like it. Okay. Sounds good. Awesome. Uh, What could go wrong? Right? The DM loves a grouping. (laughs) What could possibly go wrong? Your healer's in the back. He's good. (laughs) Okay. Tyriana is up near you still, Kilvarix. She is staying back and kind of watching the trail uh, behind where you came from. And uh, Seifel is, uh, again, kind of right in this melee range. Uh, He is, again, going to um, lash out his pack, basically like over Kess's shoulder, um, try to go ahead and ping. Uh, Let me get my my D4 roll first. Cool. And his attack. 
is not going to do very much. Thankfully, he has two. That's correct. So the first one will miss. And so cast kind of over both shoulders. He'll throw out one shot that won't hit, and he'll kind of fire over the other shoulder. And the other one hits hits the beast uh, solidly kind of in the chest and does. Cass glances over her shoulder at Seyfel appreciatively. Yeah. Nice shot. He has a modicum of a smile when you say that. That is his turn. The next turn uh, is for the bad guys. As you are kind of engaging with, with the beast right in front of you, uh, a second one moves in the underbrush about 15 feet away and steps on a branch, snapping it. And so all of a sudden you are aware of another creature, again, about 15, 20 feet away. The creature digs its claws into the ground and kind of pulls up this chunk of soil and rubs its hands together and casts a spell. Is this creature one or the new creature who's doing this? This is the new creature that you were just made aware of. So it's about, again, probably 15 feet away from where you are right now. And uh, a bolt of greeny energy hits the Eladrin behind you, Cass, and needs a cool. The green bolt hits the Eladrin in the chest, and all of a sudden, he just starts chuckling under his breath, and his chuckle then becomes a a a like a small laugh and a bigger laugh, and to the point that he is just unable to control himself. He is laughing uproariously and just can't control himself. He he can't even kind of focus on what's going on. He is laughing insanely right now. So this is, I will call this, let's see, creature two. And then we've got creature one. And creature one. Again, it's mirrored itself. All right, Candy and Kess, both of you. It's going to attack both of you, and it gets multiple attacks. So the first one, Candy, this will be a 14 to hit. That will bounce off of my scale mail armor. Fabulous. Kess, that will not hit. And then, let's see. Candy, give me odds or evens. Basically, it lashed out its claws with both of you. It missed, but bounces off Candy's armor, sweeps over Kess's head because she deftly ducked underneath it. Great. Cool. How about a 22 to hit? Uh, yeah. Fabulous. Cool. It snaps at you with its jaws and takes a chunk out of your forearm. D8 plus 3 damage. Five points of damage. This is creature one attacking or creature two? This is It was creature one. Creature two is still again about 15, 20 feet away. Creature two is the one that cast the spell that has incapacitated the Eladrin behind. This is the, the mirror imaged one. Correct. It's news to me that it's bitey. That it's bitey? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it basically has two claw attacks and a bite attack. So... Okay, that is... Kess, it is your turn. Kess is going to spend a key point to do flurry of blows on this creature's jaw, having already hit it once in the jaw. doesn't like the fact it's bitey. Fabulous. um, Cool. First thing I need, please, is is a d4 roll. That's a four. Okay. And your attack roll. So I'm no longer an advantage, right? Correct. You are no longer at advantage. Great. 
So was that the D4 you asked me to roll or do you want me to roll another one? Uh, it, that's It's a different D4. The D4 is because of the mirror okay. image. You have to determine if you hit the right one. Got it. So I am at 18 to hit. Cool. The other mirror image dissipates. Okay, so I'm now... That would be eight points of damage. You don't have to bother rolling damage because you hit the mirror image. As soon as the mirror image takes any damage, it dissipates, so. Right, so that's all I did on that one. So that was my unarmed, my extra unarmed strike, the flurry of blows. Yep. So I'm gonna up up my AC to 20 again for this round. Okay. Now I'm doing my longsword attack, upwards, diagonal. Yep. Aiming at another. You need to determine if you hit the right one, so that's good. Right, eight, so that would be 16 to hit. 16 hits. All right. And do you want me to roll another d4 to see if I picked the right one? There is no more mirror image, so you don't have to worry about Excellent. that. Excellent. Even better. So that would be only six slashing damage. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Excellent. Any further actions, Kess? Just the. I now have an ox guard overhead aimed right at the creature's face. I like it. Fabulous. Okay, kill Varax. What is your passive perception, sir? Passive perception is 16. Another twig has snapped off to your left. Of course it has. Interesting. That changes what I'm going to do. No, it doesn't, because the Eladrin's there. And I need to be closer to the group. So I'm going to, with keeping an eye on the one behind me, and warning the group, there's one behind us too. Start working at my max, whatever, 30 feet towards the right of Alori. As I do, I am going to, well, I guess instead of the one they're fighting, I'll throw a firebolt back at the one behind me. And which one does, uh, can you look at damage at all or? Minor uh, wound. Yeah. Minor wound, nothing, nothing to, to snack at. Um, Alari looks like half the furbolg she used to. Kess looks like she's doing a lot of more damage on him. <clears throat> Kess is uh, unharmed. Kes, yeah, Kess definitely looks like know, she's, uh, she's messing Kes, with this guy. Yeah. But Kess seems like she's the most effective right now. So <laughs> as a bonus action, I'm going to cast, now that I'm with range, Sanctuary on Kess. <clears throat> holy my holy symbol saying, please prevent her from being harmed. Do not let them attack her. So now they have to throw, if they want to attack her, they have to do a wisdom save to attack her. Ooh, I like it. What's the DC on the wisdom save? Uh, it's my spell DC is 14. I like it. And then the firebolt is going to be, let's see if I hit the one behind me as I buffarted. You got a 25. That will hit. Kess heard you, Kilvarex, and flashes you another of those smiles. So it'll be seven fire damage. Love it. Cool. Okay. All right, so that was Kilvarex. Candy, you Mm -hmm. are next. So from my looking at the map, it appears that the two figures to the south are in line with each other and Candy. Yeah, I can say that. Okay. It sure does. Yep, sure does. Then Candy is going to telekinetically reach out and grab a like a small four or five pound rock off of the ground 
Tactical <laughs> error on their part. And right? he is going to catapult it at the figures in front of him. Okay. Uh, they need to make a DC 14 uh, dexterity saving throw, and the first one who fails it gets clobbered for 11 bludgeoning. Cool. DC 14 dexterity, you said? First one passes, a second one fails. So yeah. So the first one dodges, the second one gets hammered for 11 bludgeoning. Okay. And Does both it like and the rock good. take 11 bludgeoning. The rock dissipates when it hits it. Like, <laughs> like explodes against his head. Rock only had nine hit points. All right. Al or I would like to duck behind in between those two bad guys. Let's duck behind the first one. So you want to pass the first one, but stay within melee. Okay, give me... Make me a dexterity save, please, because you're moving awful close to that second one. I want to see if he can swipe at you on the way by. Uh, that's a 20, naturally. Cool, then you have zero issue. In fact, because of rolling a DC, give me an attack of opportunity on the second one there. On the second one? Cool. Please. And I'm going to use that. How long does Bless last? Until you use it. Oh, awesomeness. Uh, it lasts a minute. Okay, yeah, so we're in round three. So two, two, three, okay. something like that. So attack of opportunity, that's plus. Just a, a, a base attack, yeah, just a regular yep. attack. I have to look at my psionic blade real quick. Hang on, wrong, because I was looking at the wrong daggone weapon. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 12, 13, it's a 14 to hit. Uh, you will miss, that's fine. Okay, okay, carry on with your action. All right, then I'm going to, if I missed with that psionic blade, it goes away, so. I, I, you don't, you rolled a natural 20. You don't lose anything for ta- for getting a free attack like that, so. Okay, so then I'm going to turn that psionic blade on the guy in front of me and pull my regular, my other short sword, which yep. is the lucky one. Yep. Okay. So that's a 12, that's a 12 to hit with the psionic blade, which goes away. That will miss. Yep. Actually, 12 plus 3 is a 15 from before? Nope. Okay. Still no. AC is, AC is, is 16. That, so. Are those bushes behind us? It's like scrub brush. So sure. I'd like to squat and hide. Give me a stealth roll. At disadvantage, because you're in melee. So they know you're there. Uh, I just rolled two 18s. And stealth cool. is plus six, so... Right. Uh, I'm distracting them. <laughs> Everybody's in front of them. <laughs> Him. Yeah. Look, their perception is good, but not that good, so... Uh, cool. You duck into the brush and are hidden. Yeehaw. Cool. All right, that means that Zier is next. Okay. So I am behind two of my party, so I'm not going to shoot anything into combat because that's not even nice. That's um, frowned upon. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to take a step to stage left. So that's uh, my movement. I think Kelvarix called out that there were a couple coming up behind as well. They're up to the other end. Up, up, that way. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to do with my move. Okay. You're not going to... You've got a sword that definitely wants to be used as an attack right now. But doesn't it have to be attuned to me? I mean, you guys were traveling along the road for a while. Uh, we'll, we can say that you're attuned by now, if you'd like to be. 
Why not? Blackheart the sword or whatever his name is. All right. No, it's not Blackheart. It is. You don't know its name yet. You haven't. Redheart, you have, Black Scabbard. You're, you're not on a first name basis with the sword just yet. You will add uh, a plus one to your attack and your damage. And okay. if you hit, there will be additional fun. So. Oh, goody. <laughs> All right. That was a natural 20, my dear. Plus one. <laughs> okay. All right, so it's a longsword. Uh, a longsword, I think, is D10 damage. If you're using it with two hands. Are you using it with two hands? I'm, I'm assuming she would, because it's a big sword, and she's not that Rock big. On. Yep, It's a two-handed uh, sword, so yeah. Cool. So use. So we use a exceptional crit, right? So start at 10, roll your D10, and then add your strength modifier. Plus okay. an additional... My strength modifier ain't that great. All right, see, that's a 7. Yeah, but I get so a, I have a negative stress st- strength modifier, so that would only be a six. Okay, and then plus one for the sword, so a total of seventeen. Seventeen, fabulous. And then I also need you, please, to roll me d six. Oh boy, that's a one. Oh, okay, never mind. It made its wisdom save, so it doesn't take additional psychic damage. Okay, so you slice into it. Oh, let's see which one did you attack? You attacked. Oh, that guy there. Okay, cool. Yeah, that guy uh, right there. Awesome. Describe your kill. She's wielding a very big black sword two-handed, so I'm assuming that I would slice on an uppercut the sword catching the creature below the ribcage and slicing up through its shoulder. I love it. I love it. If it falls in two pieces, that's even more thematic. Ooh, let's see. That was a natural 20, so you can certainly cleave it in twain if you'd like. Sure. Consider it cloven. So, okay. Next is is our other Aladrin friend up here, all by their lonesome. So they will run up, they will engage, they will attack, they will miss, and they will hit. Okay. And they will do damage. Uh, I walked away with my pen. Ready? Oh, that's right. Never mind. It's, it's me for another couple of rounds here. Sacrificial reader guard. Okay. You hear the sounds. You hear the sounds of battle up above you there. So seem to be some success going on. So the the Eladrin in your kind of cadre down here is still incapacitated at this moment. Let me see. Try to make its wisdom save again. He will fail again, and so he is incapacitated for the round. Next is the bad guys. So we'll have this guy down here go first. Okay, so this guy will misty step. Uh, he misty steps behind the Aladrin. That will burn two of his attacks, but he gets his gore attack and will miss. So he basically, so he misty steps behind the Aladrin and then snaps at it. Snaps at the Aladrin, but misses. And then the other one, two... Misses on both of its claw attacks. Cool. Is having no success with the Eladrin up above you guys. So those are the bad guys. Kess. So Kess began in an ox guard. Doesn't even bother to take down the sword, but just balances on one foot and front kicks the creature in front of her first. Uh, so the creature in front of you is now dead. Oh, so I have no no opponents left. Correct. There's They're the one that dead? has misty. St- nope. The, so right. one. So uh, the one right in front of you is dead, <laughs> and then another one has misty stepped. So you were in front of the Eladrin. The other creature that was kind of within your immediate range has misty stepped. So it's behind the Eladrin. So it's a. It's a. It's easily. You, know, you could take basically five feet of movement or ten feet of movement and get into range with it. So. 
Okay, so that's what I'm going to do, in fact. I'm no longer fighting the one in front of me. I glance behind, notice that the Eladrin is in trouble, and I leap to attack this new foe. Fabulous. Right? Beginning beginning with a roundhouse kick. So this will not impact your attack unless you do exceptionally well on your acrobatics check. But so give me an acrobatics roll and see if you can basically aid yourself in your attack roll. Seems unlikely given what I rolled, but I've got a nine. Nope. Okay, fair enough. So let's see. Uh, So would you like to be uh, stage left or stage right uh, of the bad guy? Left. Stage left. Let's put you up here and roll your attack. All right, so this is for the the roundhouse kick. Yep. That would be a 19 to hit. We'll hit. All right. And that is seven damage. Okay. I like it. All right, and I'm going to bring my longsword around the horizontal strike, try to cut it in half. Fabulous. And that would be a 19 to hit. Plus, my longsword seems to be blunt. Uh, That's... Six damage. Again, okay. it's going to need some sharpening. It's been cleaving through a lot of bad guys, so that's... Uh, it's been busy. Yeah. yeah it's, been, it's been busy, so... Okay. Six damage, Go. and coming up again into a plow guard this time. Okay. Fabulous. A Kilvarix. Kilvarix is going to look between the two, and the one that Kess is engaged with looks like the least uh, damaged or troubled right now, right? Uh... It's a six to one half dozen. I mean, you're kind of far away from the one that's way up there, so it's a six to one half dozen of the other. They bo- they're both, yeah. neither are doing particularly well. Yeah. No, I think the, the one up there might need help, and they're within range of my firebolt, so I'm going to do the one up, so throw a firebolt at the one at the, at the top. Fabulous, love just it. just kind of keep an eye on this one in case I need to use uh, a healing word reaction. Uh, cool. Um, for someone that gets downed. Okay. And let's see here. We'll hit. So, once again, seven fire damage to the one seven. up solo with the, the eleven. Okay. Excellent. Cool. And candy. All right. So, can you just set the scene for me real quick? So where, who is, and what? Sure. So right now, uh, you were kind of engaged with one of the Forlaren, which Zir clove in twain. Another one was about 15 or 20 feet away. They were the ones that were, that was the one that you hit with a rock. And instead of kind of moving into the fray, it misty stepped. So it's now about 10 feet off to your left. Kess is engaged with it currently. And then probably 40 or 50 feet away, there is one basically soloing with the other Eladrin that is not incapacitated with laughter. Okay. The How do they look health-wise, the one that's engaged with Kess and the one that's engaged with the Eladrin? Both are bloodied, for sure. Okay. Candy, uh, it's only about 50. I will position myself in a, where I am flanking with Kess on this figure, and then I will cast a green flame ba- blade and take a swing. Okay. Creature is soon to be flambe. 
So that is going to be a 20 to hit. It will hit. And that's going to be for... 10 points of fire damage. Cool. It does not care for that whatsoever. Alright. Alright. Alright is going to attack the bad guy closest to her. Okay. That's about Which, 15 feet away, so you're going to move up and uh, in position No, I'm, gonna, I'm going to throw a psionic dagger. Okay, cool. From there. Um, okay. So, and I get advantage because it's surrounded. Yeah. Yep. Correct. So I'll go with that 18. 18 will hit. And that's without the plus six. So, and then of course I'm going to use sneak attack. Yep. Uh, It's a D6. And wait a minute. That's 2D6 straight. And that's plus four. Okay. Is it more than 10? Yes. Okay. Describe your kill. She is just going to stand up and chuck one of, you know, her purple glowing blades at it. In its distraction, it's going to land directly between its eyes and then dissipate with this light purple smoke. Hmm. Cool. And it falls dead. And then from there, I mean, I get one. So I guess as a bonus action, I would like to just run forward towards the other bad guy. Sure. What, 30 feet of movement? 30 feet of movement? Yep. So, get you about there. Okay. So, you'll be able to run basically right past. And that's my turn. Okay. Cool. Azir, both of the ones that you were fighting here uh, are now dispatched, but there is one, again, 40, 50 feet away from you that uh, that is engaged with one of the other Aladrin that you're traveling with. I'm going to move 30 feet towards the other one. Okay. Any sort of ranged attack or anything? Oh, yeah, actually. Now I can use that Thunder Wave spell. I mean, it's not going to get probably hit him, but it might distract him. Again, it's, so it's 15 feet from you, right. so that's here. Yeah. I don't have any more movement, though, because I couldn't move any closer. I mean, you can dash, but then you can't take an action, so... Right. All right, I'm just going to wait, then. Yep, fair enough. Okay, the other Aladrin, uh, fully engaged with the bad guy, will hit once. Okay... Excellent. When Tyriana hits the Forlaren with their pike, roll that. Okay. Uh, a surge of energy shoots from it, uh, kind of into the Forlaren, who gets this look of abject terror on their face, uh, and sort of, uh, in this wild manner, pulls the pike from their chest uh, and then skitters off into the underbrush. Uh, Seemingly has now uh, just disappeared from sight. Next time on Arch Enemies. There's critical information 
that Lord Zovarin has for you. Let us attend him so that we can we can get you all moving in the right direction. And he he jumps up with an exuberance, betraying his age a little bit. He says, "Friends, thank you. It has been so long since I have seen you all, and I sincerely mean you no harm. I have great need of you. There is tremendous trouble afoot. I brought you here." through an area of the world where the walls between our domains here in the Feywild and the domains that you roam in has thinned. Yes. So she has an axe to grind with you, basically. I never said she has an axe to grind with me. I'm just aware of what the axe is. Okay. Aware she has an axe. And how many other people have you sent to uh, take... That's an interesting question. Only one. And has that person come back? Was that person Patrios? I mean, if the saving of your realm from utter obliteration is not enough compensation, then certainly there are other gifts that could be given to help compensate you. 